0: Give me fuel, give me fire, give me that which I desire. Metallica turned into a circus actor. Ellie Sucks! Can I say something that I think is bullshit? Dirt food, would Yes, we sell out. He also told me he was on acid. Yeah, you better wash that mic off. I was going to fill it up with my own urine. Alcoholica. And I talked about digging a hole in fucking Durham, smoking hash through the ground.
1: Hey, this is Edwin Outwater, conductor and musical director of SNM2, and you're listening to and podcast
0: for all.
2: Welcome to Podcast for All, I'm Shane Obershaw.
3: And I'm Jeff Winslow.
2: Jeff, I saw tornadoes in your neighborhood tonight and it's only March.
3: Yeah, we had hail today.
2: Kick off the, right out, right out of the gate, the Trapped Under Ice weather segment, Jeff and Winslow, Shane Obershaw
3: style. On channel riverside.fm.
2: Dude, two weeks ago you were below zero. Today you had hail with tornado warnings. When there's a warning, that means one has been spotted. It wasn't a watch. Yeah, and and
3: yesterday it was 65. or No, 60.
2: I'm guessing in a month you'll get two feet of snow, and it's going to be the wackiest weather trend ever for
3: your area. I swear that's Minnesota. I mean, you lived here forever. You know how it goes. In one week you can have pretty much spring-summer weather. The week before can be sub-zero, and then the following week can be you know five feet of snow
2: were you driving today have some kids out
3: yeah yeah it was actually raining really hard during one of the lessons and i mean there was quite a bit of hail in the area that i was in i was surprised it's kind of cool
2: the kids <laughs> are like what we parallel parked in the blizzard last week and now we're dodging hail
3: pretty much yeah yeah and the, luckily the student i had he was like i like driving in the rain i just i like the rain i'm like perfect because there's a lot of it right now
2: unbelievable um, well, we got some hate mail for the first time in four to five weeks. So you want to fire up the hate train?
3: Oh, man. Choo-choo. Let's get it going. Oh,
0: hate, train.
2: hate train coming down the tracks. We've had some different comments about our weather section. I don't care what anyone thinks. you got to talk weather when one of us is in Florida and one's in Minnesota because there's always something to discuss.
3: Yeah, they're always pretty much polar opposites of... With exception of July through August. well, we'll rec- June through August. <laughs>
2: <laughs> June through August, exactly. We're recording on the day that the $21,400 Zoom call with the Metallica episode came out. Excellent comments today, great feedback, almost a record number of downloads in the opening day. That's good. Do you remember last week when we talked about the struggle within where it was as a track, a track listing-wise struggle within?
3: Yeah, yeah, it's you know, the last song on the record and there was discussion about how it was poorly placed, basically, that if it would have been at the beginning of the album, it could have been a hit, correct?
2: That was my opinion. The episode was released this morning and I had this in the inbox in our hate train inbox at two twelve PM. You ready for this? I'm ready. Yo boys. OMG Mr Shane What in the hell are you on? Struggle Within belongs in track 12 slot and almost shouldn't be on the damn record. It's probably a progressive leftover from the Justice Sessions and Bob found it laying in the corner of that same studio. To say it's a strong, good song is pushing it, but to say it could be a staple now? Whoa, check your head bro. Sincerely, Aaron Dykhausen, Buffalo, New York. (laughs)
3: that's literally one of the best emails i've ever heard in my life just wow (laughs) that's great
2: he told me to check my head isn't that a beastie boys term
3: i think so that's just wow i think the detail he used is why i think it's funny um dude i think that he the episode
2: came out today that tells me he didn't digest this at all as he was listening he was probably typing this shit
3: right maybe he needs to go back and re-listen to that song it's got a wow. great opening track that i mean i don't know to say it could be a hit that might be pushing it but i i could have definitely seen that at the beginning of a i didn't say record. hit i said some oh, sort of a staple staple, staple.
2: i i said if i believe if i remember right i said if that was a track three like holier or like a track six, seven, or eight—that'd be a lot bigger song than where it is at twelve.
3: Fair enough. I think, yeah. No, I agree. We, I would agree with you on that one.
2: For the first time in four weeks, we finally fire up the hate train and finally piss someone off. That's six. That's the sign of making it.
3: You know, I—I've kind of thought that we would get a little bit more, but you know, that's all right.
2: I like it. Again, Aaron Dykhausen, Buffalo, New York. Aaron, we hope you're still listening. We appreciate the feedback. Yes, we do. While we're talking about it, go to iTunes and leave us a nice uh, rock star, five-star review. more iTunes stars we get, the better chance all you listeners and fans get to hear some special guests show up in the very near future. Absolutely. Did you leave a review?
3: Uh, Not yet, but I'm going to. It'll be a one-star. Did you leave a review?
2: Two stars, maybe? I can't. When you're the admin or the oh, master, store, they kind of, right. I don't think, I don't think that would go over well.
3: Yeah, I don't think that works like that. No.
2: You're going to leave a one star and be like, yeah, that co-host likes Bread Fan? Th- fuck that show.
3: That one dude who likes St. Anger, he needs to fucking go somewhere else. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> the stars are not aligned for us, dude. <laughs> Anything else you want to talk about before we go to... uh, We're going back to L.A. tonight. A lot of L.A. lately.
3: Well, I mean, it's nice weather out there, so...
2: (laughs) Yeah, I can't blame them. But we were in L.A. last week with the Rose Bowl with Mr. Shar in the Zoom call. And then a couple weeks before that, we were with uh, Tommy, the nurse from Beverly Hills. Well,
3: quit picking people
2: from California then, dude. They, uh, dude, I'm not picking them. They're emailing us. They're on the show and podcast for all gmail.com. You, the fan, come on the show, drive the discussion, decide the topics. And here we are, season three, episode 12. We're going to LA. Let's do it. This guest, check this out, ran a radio station in college at USC. He was the metal director. Isn't that a cool title?
3: Ran a radio. So he's going to talk better than us? Oh, dude.
2: When you're the metal director, I. That's another sign of making it.
3: That is definitely a good title.
2: He has seen uh, both s Check this out. MTV Icon. He was at the Fillmore in 03 and 2011. VH1 Awards and remember the Golden God Show? I do. If I remember right, I... Th- oh, God, don't quote me, but I think they played Disposable.
3: I think. We'll have to fact check that. You know, if Shane's wrong, then we can always send in some more hate mail.
2: More hate train. I really want to talk about that MTV icon. That, that'd that be pretty cool to witness.
3: Yeah, I always loved watching that concert.
2: All right, here we go. Straight from Los Angeles, welcome to a podcast for all, Mr. Jeff Wright.
1: Hey, hey, how's it going, guys? Thanks for uh, having me on. And uh, a couple things. Thanks number for one, coming. Number one, about me talking better than you. I mean, come on. If you're a metal DJ, you let the music do all the talking. This isn't, you know... <laughs> This isn't, Good point. this isn't Cooter and Bob in the morning. and we're doing <laughs> Cooter and Bob, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> you know, we're not doing that. We're we're playing some, you know, here's the newest, I don't know, newest Entombed cut or something. Rest in peace, by the way. Um,
2: <laughs> Jeff, did you get to say, here's a hot new single off of Metallica's new album, Load Called, Until It Sleeps?
1: Uh, no, that was right before... They actually they skipped metal radio on that entirely, and they were straight to like active rock on that. Yeah, they were not the college. They, had, they they had nothing to do with college radio when I was there, really.
2: So you were the heavy metal director at USC.
1: Yes, I was, and uh, and it was funny. I, I started in the radio station because um, I had grown up. My all my relatives lived in LA, and I'd come to LA. And I remember if was in LA, I'd listen to good old K&AC, which is a really famous old. Hard Rock Station here. And every weeknight, they had a show called Mandatory Metallica. Mandatory Metallica was a half an hour where they do two studio cuts. And they would bring in this guy who's like a renowned uh, bootleg trader, um, Pound and Pat. And he would play three select bootleg cuts, you know, like stuff with Cliff or like stuff from like the 84 London gig.
2: So stuff. really rare shit.
1: Yeah. To- and I-, I loved it. I was like, this is amazing. When I eventually, when I go to college and move to LA, I'm the like intern here. And Mm -hmm. then that radio station folded about three months before I moved out to LA. (laughs) So I said, said, screw it. I'm going to try to do it myself to a certain degree. So I, and what was funny was like, Metallica was so big at that point. It was hard for me to convince people to let me do that sort of thing. And even to try to do that sort of thing, I had to like, I guess I have to play other kinds of metal too and fell in love with all sorts of different stuff while I was there. But on also to go back a little bit, if you're talking about uh, weather, uh, the LA weather report today was a little weird. Maybe maybe it knew I was coming on the show because it, it hailed at my house today. It was hail.
2: You both have hail, do we?
3: There we go, trapped under ice.
1: Yep.
2: Hail in Minneapolis and LA in March. Uh, what are the odds of that, about 8,000
3: to one? Yeah, ride, the, ride the lightning strikes again. <laughs>
2: oh, pretty much, holy shit.
3: Oh, there was a lot of lightning today in my neck of the woods.
2: Two or three weeks from now, you're going to say you have a foot of snow. I'm just going to laugh,
3: dude. I'm telling you, there's nothing weirder than looking at your phone and seeing it's March 10th and you hear thunder outside. That's weird in Minnesota.
2: Jeff, you've been in LA your whole life.
1: Uh, pretty much. You know, I grew up in some small towns like up in the desert and stuff. But my my parents are from LA. My extended family lived in LA. Uh, my extended family was from like Norwalk and Bellflower, which are right next door to Downey. So I've, Ooh, I've Downey. I've always felt a connection to Hetfield because of that. Um, yeah, so I've been coming to L.A. for most of my life.
2: That explains your connection with uh, VH1 Awards, Golden Gods, and uh, MTV Icon.
1: Yeah, no, I I like to call it. You know, when I when I meet other fans and I meet other people from around the country and they talk, we talk about shows you've seen and things, and sure. I like, like bring up all these things and it's like I. Don't have to travel for any of these. These are just this is just what I like to call L.A. privileges, where it's, they all just kind of everything comes here, and you just, as long as you're just kind of available and opportunistic, you get to see all sorts of crazy stuff.
2: Refresh our memory. How did you get tickets into uh, the Icon show?
1: Uh, that was through the good old Met Club, back when it was still the pay. You know, pay what was it like fifty or sixty bucks a year or whatever. Yep. And uh, and that they had trouble. I guess they had trouble ge- getting people to go to that or something because I went on like. This, they, they they would they would announce the winners and they would be like, can you be in LA on these dates or whatever? And then I went on like the second chance contest or something.
2: Gotta love second chance. That's come through for me so many times.
1: Yeah. Um, and so I, yeah, they, they said, okay, I show up at Universal Studios at this time on this day. And yeah, they gave me this cool parking pass and that I'm holding showing off. And, <laughs> nice. and I took it comes back to a soundstage on the lot. And we waited with, you know, it was one of those things where you had to show up at like two, two or three o'clock in the afternoon. They didn't start taping until six, you know, typical Not too bad. TV business stuff. And that uh, was cool. It was the first time anybody outside of uh, San Quentin had seen Robert play with the band. And uh, yeah, we, we watched, you know, all the all the other artists do the covers.
3: So, I, I, got, I got to ask real quick. Uh, you know, aside from Metallica's performance, of course, who was your favorite performance? Like,
1: who oh, was Some 41. Some 41 without a question. They rocked it. You could tell.
2: Dude, what about Snoop Dogg's 13 Seconds of Sad But True? <laughs> well,
1: you, you, I believe he was really a um <laughs> no uh some 41 you could definitely tell like these guys love them they love this stuff oh yeah they, they'd be playing this even if there were the cameras rolling you know right. avril levine's band sounded fine even though she was completely motionless on stage she was um, still
3: like 12
1: <laughs> yeah i mean yeah she weighed all of 70 pounds she was tiny. <laughs> right yeah um and then uh I
3: always remember I really liked Korn's cover. I thought that that was a real solid cover of one. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that
1: was. um, The other fun fact that you don't see on the television version of it is so stained, or at least Aaron Lewis came out and did Nothing Else Matters. Yeah,
3: Nothing Else Matters, yep.
1: It took that idiot three tries to do it because he didn't know the words.
2: (laughs)
0: Wow.
1: They took three takes because he had to stop because he didn't know the words to the song. We were all in the audience. We were just laughing our butts off. It
2: and was, to think is watching that.
1: Right, yeah. And you don't even know. Yeah, it was, it was wow. a joke. Jeff,
2: do you think if you got called to do an acoustic version of any song, you'd be pretty well rehearsed in front of the four boys?
1: Yeah, probably. I would, I, I, I would forget every word. the pressure i would just i would be like (laughs) so i guess i guess
3: in all fairness then maybe there was just too much pressure of the fact that you know he was the only one on stage
2: well except
3: (laughs) no i I how do you not know the lyrics to that song though you know when i think of the icon show i think of the avril the sum
2: uh the corn biscuit biscuit the only thing of the Metallica set I remember is it was a, a shorter version of Frantic.
1: Well, they did, they came out uh, and they did was a medley. It was a medley, which was honestly badass. It was yeah, really the medley. Cool. They good. did that.
2: I honestly don't even remember the medley. I remember is Frantic because it was new and fresh at the time, and I'm like, all right, but it was a really short version.
1: It, well, in well, they basically they played Frantic. They did that twice, Frantic, and um, it was just supposed to play over the end credits. Okay. And they literally only played that two minutes of the song.
2: I remember that. I don't remember it, the they, medley they stopped, at all.
1: The cameras had stopped rolling. And oh, they man, told, you, should go
3: back, you should go back and watch that medley. It's pretty badass.
1: Yeah. Fun fact about that medley. So we were we were kind of up. The, there were like two stages in that floor area, and we were near one of them. And uh, after, I think, the last Bamazir Corner Limp biscuit, I can't remember which, and afterwards, my securities in the crowd behind us were like, and my buddy and I turn around and look like, what this. No one's getting in a fight here. What's going on? And there's these like crew guys coming out with these big blocks and rope. And we look at each other like, wait a minute, are they building a snake pit? They're building a snake pit around us. (laughs) That's quite a. Really? Yeah, they built a little. They built ramps like around us.
2: So once you were in there, then they brought that out?
1: Yeah, that wasn't there the rest of the show until Metallica played. But that was kind of a neat experience, like being able to sit there and go, they're building a snake pit around me. That's. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what is that? On again? the spot,
2: after you get in. Okay, just look out for the carpenters here.
1: Yeah, like, all right, that guy right there. Build the snake pit around him, so.
2: I just looked it up. MTV icon medley. Excerpts of Hit the Lights, Sandman, Blackened, Creeping Death, and Battery. And then you're right, uh, two, two takes of Frantic. And that was the, uh, I guess you can call it the live debut of Frantic.
1: More or less, yeah. And, um uh, we all, Lars came up to the mic and said, you'll get more on whatever day, the next month or something, whatever, because I think that would show.
2: Fillmore shows?
1: Well, yeah, and Icon was about a month before St. Anger came out.
2: That seems like 50 years ago. <laughs> but when I think of those Fillmore shows and uh, what we were talking about before, it seems like six months ago.
1: Yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, two weeks later, I went to the first night one of the 2003 Fillmore shows, Okay. And that was insane just because of the set list they played. They pulled it. I mean, this is the first time they played Ride the Lightning since like 1987. They opened with Hit the Lights and Horseman. They played Phantom Lord and Leper Messiah. It was like we're throwing out all the stuff we were doing in the late 90s. Like, we're not to, no more acoustic sets. No more.
2: That's true. Like, Harvester, Phantom, Leper, Remorse. Wow, Damage Inc ride blackened while well, that encore is last caress and my evil motor breath that's a hell of a closer
1: only one song from the 90s in that entire set uh
2: sad but, sad true. but true yes yeah. so i gotta ask you when uh, when did the whole metallica trip start for you jeff what, what's your uh, memory that still remains from the beginning
1: uh, from the beginning was I was obsessed with movies, and I was especially obsessed with like Jim Cameron movies. So summer 1991, I was watching a lot of MTV to catch that uh, Guns N' Roses "You Can Be Mine" video because it had clips from Terminator 2. Terminator, yep. And then oh, um, video. watching that, I think I'm sure at some point along that summer I saw the video for One and liked it. And then Sandman hit, and i this used to be like a mark of shame admitting that like you really got into the band in the Black Album days, but that's that's exactly when I got into them.
2: And well, we, you and 300 million other people, so it's all good.
1: It, I know, but it, back in the 90s, that was sort of like it was something you talked a lot about. You kind of kept that close to the vest. I so a big TV so truck. a big
2: guns fan, and then Sandman came on, and that's when you joined.
1: Basically, more or less, yeah. I and can, even then, it I was can relate true. with that. Huh? I'm sorry.
2: I can totally relate with that. Total GNR fan as a young, young kid, late 80s, and then here comes the one video, and knew a little bit about them, and then of course black um blows it you know into another universe yep
1: yeah so uh yeah and it just by the time live shit came out i joked like i had my like bachelor's degree in metallica and then i saw him for the first time in 94 and by that time because of live shit i felt like i had my master's degree in metallica you know i was collecting like import singles and you know oh i got i finally got a copy of the prince you know <laughs> there you
2: go there you go what was your first show
1: uh, it was Summer Shit '94 out here in San Bernardino. I um, I had a front row ticket, no earplugs, no nut. I knew nothing. I was a babe in the woods. It, it was an amazing show. <laughs> a
2: babe in the woods.
1: <laughs> it was amazing.
2: <laughs> I have never heard that. I, lo- I like that.
1: Um, they opened with, with uh, one of your favorites, uh, bread fan
2: I was just going to ask that, Jeff Winslow. Did you just hear that?
3: I uh, know I didn't. I took my headphones off. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Anytime I hear 94 or 95, that's usually my next question.
1: Yeah, they opened up Bread Fan, and uh, the pe- there were people around me who thought it was a new Metallica song. And, sure. You know, me being, having my master's degree by that point, I was like, no, it's Bread Fan. Don't you know Bread Fan?
2: <laughs> you are working on your doctor's degree by then. You were four yeah, years man. into it.
1: That show was just so crazy. It was, it was amazing. I was so spoiled. I just think about it. I'm like, yeah, if you're for going first show, you're going to be on the rail right in front of Kirk.
2: Too good to be true, man. How many shows have you seen since that uh, glorious Day with Bread fan uh, opening?
1: 41. I've seen 41 additional times so, over the years. Um,
2: Including both SMs?
1: Both us I went to, well, night one of the 99 version, and I went to both the nights um, in 2019. And uh, yeah, they're all very, very special and very unique.
2: If you were to pick one right now, SM one or two since you, you got to see them both, that's pretty special.
1: I'd probably say one. Because it was it, nobody knew what to make of it. Uh, we're going into it like nobody knew what this was going to be. You Suppose know, you had
2: no idea even as you walked in the door what was going to happen.
1: No, I mean even as the show was going, there was. I remember I wore a Metallica T-shirt, but there were you know people dressed up for the symphony mixed in amongst the crowd, and I remember like sitting and they, they, they play Cthulhu. That's awesome. And they go into puppets and I'm thinking like, are we supposed to sing along? They're recording this. Are we, is this like, this isn't like a live live album, is it? And as soon as Jason started doing like, like, I think they did Wolf a Man and he's like, I, I, I. I'm like, Oh, I guess it's a metallic show. We sing along.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's probably weird walking into that setting, not really knowing the ground rules or even what's going on or it's, it was new. It was so ahead of its time
1: yeah and and really my takeaway from being in the room for that was it was like a metallica show but if they turned down turned everything down 20 db basically yeah, and SM 2 by comparison being in the building sounded way better like light years better than sn than the first one did in the room and because there were times in the first one <laughs> especially in some of the older songs i'd be sitting there like kind of headbanging or whatever looking at the i'm like Orchestra's doing something. I see the bows. I see the strip. I can't hear them. They're doing. They're playing their butts off, but I can't. I can't make out what they're doing.
2: We'll we'll hear it a year from now when the record comes out.
1: When when Bob's done with it, we'll we'll know what's up.
2: Yeah, after Bob polishes it for three hundred sixty-five days, we'll have some strings. Here we go.
1: And crazy too, because at the time, like I was, uh, I was still in college. So like I, that was I think the first thing I ever bought off eBay was that ticket. So I bought like a scalp ticket off eBay.
2: Wow, Jeff Winslow, we can say we finally talked to someone who has heard
3: minus human. Yeah, I know that's crazy to think. I we remember talked about that last week.
1: I remember being way more excited at the intro of it than I was kind of during the song. The intro that big like dun 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 dun, and the song's kind of you know that what yeah Bill's. Minus human is, which is fine. But I was more excited to be like, oh, the intro is really cool. What's it? Oh, oh, okay, cool.
0: <laughs> so
3: Very enough. you
1: other funny memory with that was uh, the other new song they did no live clover and you never hear this on the rec on any of the recordings of it or whatever but like when the heavy part kicks in with the- with all the rip you know that part which you know is sort of like kind of always reminding me a little bit of pantera's domination a little bit yep um when that part hit there was a big au- there was a big audible ooh from the crowd like people were like booing that
3: far. <laughs> that's funny that you could hear it
1: interesting <laughs>
2: too, bad that, too bad that didn't make the record that's that'd be a cool moment
1: yeah well it was and it's something it always stuck with me it was like i'm not the only one responding this way this is really good
3: well jeff since we're talking about you know comparing sm one and two together uh we have this little segment i'm sure you've probably heard on the episodes it's called in voting for all Today on In Voting for All, we have an interesting one. Since I know you're a diehard Metallica fan, we are going to do Battle of the Outcast song. So, James's least favorite versus Lars's least favorite. Escape versus Eye of,
1: the Beholder. <laughs> Eye of the Beholder. Eye of the Beholder dominates this and sends Escape home in a basket. Come on.
2: Wow, that didn't take long, Jeff Winslow.
1: No, it's, it's, I, I, yeah, no. Uh, considering Lars's favorite song is Sad But True mm-hmm. at least his Eye of the Beholder <laughs> that's funny um, no, it's Eye of the Beholder, it's not even close
2: Jeff, you come up with these every week and every week you continue to amaze me, where did you even get that idea today, driving around teaching 15-year-olds <laughs> how to not kill themselves
3: I don't know, I just thought it would, it would be an interesting vote, you know because there are two songs that you know, don't receive a whole lot of notoriety from anybody And obviously James hates Escape Lars hates I I felt it to be appropriate Because for me, I actually had to think about that one To be honest
2: So when you ask Mr. Jeff Wright that question Is it the one he likes the most Or the one he hates
3: the most? The one he likes the most
2: Okay, the likable of the two hated songs
3: Yes That is what the vote is and Mr. Right, you went with I.
1: Yes, I did. Because as much as Escape is a good song, it's not really finished. <laughs> <laughs> it's not really finished. It was, no, it doesn't. It, it, it has its parts and then just relies on that, like, the, That's
3: true. Alarm he, when's, it's a record, when's a record done? What the fuck does that
0: mean? Yeah, what the fuck <laughs> does that mean? Where are the starting points and where are the end points? Do you know what I mean? When's a song done? the fuck does that mean anyway? Done. What's a record? Done. Done. (laughs) Hey,
1: if you can sell Escape for like $8 million at an art auction, let me know.
2: (laughs) Well, I got myself really drunk to numb the pain. (laughs) Here I am at an art collection auction. (laughs) (laughs) Jeff Wright went with I. How about you, Jeff Winslow?
3: After... A decent amount of... Two Jeff
2: W's. That's like just a fucking nightmare
3: for me. I know. That's that's even a little scary for me. Um, Wow. I had to think about it for a while, but... J.W. Marriott. Even though Injustice for All is my favorite Metallica album, I went with Escape.
2: That surprises me.
3: It surprised me, too, when I actually thought about it. I think it's probably because I had been into... Justice for a while, and I knew Escape, but I didn't know it that well. And I remember one night, just it, I was listening to Ride the Lightning, and of course, On Comes Escape. And normally, it was a song that I kind of, you know, didn't pay a lot of attention to. And for some reason, it just really caught my attention. And since then, it's so different. Well, right. And then, I don't know, since then, it's always just been kind of like one of those like sleeper songs, if you will, where it's like, it's not really known, but it's. A lot better than I feel people give it credit to be.
2: You and I have both played I and Escape live. Escape is fun live. <laughs> probably a handful of times. Yeah. yeah, I bet we've played Escape.
3: Probably about the same number as I. Probably six, seven times. I almost feel like we might uh, we might have played Escape more than I now. It's hard. So you're going with Escape, right? I'm going with Escape. Yeah.
2: It's hard to decipher these versus what I'm a fan of versus what I like playing. Right. I love playing Escape Live because the diehards are like,
3: no fucking way. They're playing this. People really seem to get into it.
2: Song-wise, if I'm sitting down listening to the record, I'm going to have to go with
3: I. Fair enough. Fair enough.
2: And when Lars said that's his least favorite song, that shocked me. That shocked me, too. I'm like, you guys played the shit out of that song. On half of the damage justice tour right you see some of that footage it's so powerful I love that kind of swing beat yeah it's in the pre in the pre-chorus and he says it just didn't fit and you can't stand listening to it these days
1: is it all the double bass? <laughs> I don't know
2: Jeff it's it's a it's simple double bass so it's just he's just holding 16th notes
3: yeah there's nothing in that it's song. not fast there's nothing really in that song for anybody that's all that complicated
2: no, that's straightforward. There's different in, you know, a lot of parts to remember, and it's right. six to seven minutes long, but there's nothing complicated on playing it.
1: Yeah, I don't, I don't know what his hang up is. I don't know if it's got something to do with the lyrics or maybe, maybe what you're getting at a little bit. I mean, this is kind of a. Funny because a lot of Metallica songs are very simplistic, but maybe it is that sort of simplicity is what he's responding to negatively. You know, it doesn't, Could he didn't find it interesting to play, basically.
2: Maybe it's because the B side of that single is Bread Fan. <laughs> it all comes back full circle, boys.
3: Yeah, but he, About. Well, uh, I'm out.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I had to say it,
3: dude. I know. <laughs> <laughs>
2: There it is in voting for all. Uh week twelve. Eye of the Beholder, Lars' least favorite versus James's least favorite escape. Poll opens Thursday, closes late Thursday night. Results on Friday. Mr. Wright, what do you want to talk about next,
1: sir? Uh, I, you know, I, I could go in any direction, really.
3: While we're talking about people's least favorite songs, Jeff, how about you? What would be your least favorite song? What would be the song that should not be for you?
1: Um, it's probably. I mean, the ones that jump immediately in my head are "Poor Twisted Me." Okay, I get, I get what they're trying to do. It just does uh, no. <laughs> Um, that I love one, how you
2: I love how you answer so fast because you you know it, man. Yeah, there's, he, no, there's no doubt going on here at all.
1: <laughs> this is these are these are these are facts, man. He's <laughs> like, fuck <laughs> you guys. Poor
2: Twisted me and I. Here we go.
1: Yeah, no, yeah, come on. Would <laughs> be a fair fight? Um, poor twisted me is definitely is probably the one I would say. But if I other ones, if I had to throw up there, I uh, I am no fan of Attitude. Um, ugh, bad bad seeds, pretty rough. Uh, <laughs> I thought you were
2: gonna say Prince Charming.
1: Prince Charming it doesn't make doesn't make doesn't make it down that far, but it's not like So, so was, needless
3: to say, it seems like you're not a big load reload era <laughs> fan.
1: I I really like load. And I really like some songs off reload.
3: Okay.
2: So Prince Charming is not on your Dream No More set list
3: as a safe bet.
1: No, it's not. Um Maybe we should
3: talk there, about that. Do you have a Dream No More set list?
1: I do. I, I, I debated a little bit on which way I should take this because um, I kind of thought, you know, I've seen them so many times. I do have a list of songs like that they played that I've never seen. But at that oh, yeah. point, it's like then I got, I thought, and I, I call that my uh, my Cap, my Captain Ahab set list. You know, it's just <laughs> full of white, full of white whales,
3: <laughs> the, the Ahab. I love that.
1: And uh, I thought about doing that, but I said no because then then I'm going to have things on there like Poor Twisted Me, and I'm like, I don't. I would I would celebrate seeing that. But I wouldn't be, be like... excited. Would, I'm not dreaming about seeing
3: that. <laughs> why does that right there, why does... Uh, Shane, you'll know what I mean. To me, that sounded like the most pizzle thing I've ever heard. I'd be excited to see it, but I, I, I wouldn't really be that happy.
2: <laughs> That's like an exact quote from our bass player to a T.
3: <laughs> when he said that, for some reason, I just pictured him saying
1: that.
2: He'd go more <laughs> along the lines of, Yeah, it'd be fun, but... <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, uh, I have an example of this happening uh, was at the Fillmore in 2011 when they played Carpe Diem, Baby. Because James introduces that as like, this is a song we've never done before. Right. So everyone got delusions of grandeur about what what could this be. And Night they go in and Carpe Diem, Baby. And I look over at my friend and the other people we had met. before were kind of like, all right, I know the words to this. Let's sing it. <laughs>
2: and here we go. The debut.
1: Le- you know, live when. All right, so
2: we're marking <laughs> <laughs> We're marking you down for poor twisted me for the song that should not be. Let's start talking your your dream no more sellers. Do you have a dream venue for this, Mister Wright?
1: Oh gosh, um, that's tough because I, you know, I, I would, I, you know, what I'll I'll just say play. I I went I saw them here for the Comic Con show, so I'll say the Spreckles Theater in San Diego. Just it was a nice size; it wasn't too small because I think. I think if you start putting Metallica in a place that's too small, like it just the the vibe is different and I feel like I need enough people in the audience to have some energy and some uh,
2: Totally and get some, it. The Spreckles know. Theater?
1: That was the name of the place. It was I'm I'm it could be kinda anywhere that size. It's it was a place that holds maybe like a thousand people.
2: Perfect. Never heard of it. I thought you said like Sweet or Sprinkles Arena. No,
1: I it, I I don't specifically mean that place. I just mean that was the first place that popped in my head. That's like gotcha. about that size. That has seats that go back and a balcony,
2: but still intimate. I love it. Yeah, very cool.
1: Or like the like the Fox Theater in Oakland is probably similarly sized.
2: Great theater. I've been there.
1: All right. Um, so my my set list is just these are songs that I feel like I seem to love more than consensus Metallica fan does. Okay. Like these are like these are all my fa- some of my favorite songs. And some, a lot of times, some of these might get brought up, especially the older ones, but a lot of the other ones, just, people don't overlook them or don't get enough love, in my opinion. So that's gotcha. What are,
2: are these in like a show set list order or they're just random?
1: No, they, this is this is an 18, 18. song. This Very
2: is, well thought out. I love it. Yeah. All right. Hit us.
1: All right. So we are opening. We're opening hard and fast with Dyer's Eve. Wow.
2: Right yeah, out of the we're, gate.
1: We are opening with Dyer's Eve. There's no quarter no quarter for anyone here i um jeff I've Winslow opened.
2: would watch him open with that and just leave after it was done and say yep i've seen it all
3: i can retire happy <laughs>
2: one song back to the car
3: <laughs> back to the front
2: yep
1: <laughs> um so just just seeing that song again would be amazing uh you know i know that's not really an opening song but just you know it's like driving a bomb on on the video hey, <laughs> it's your
2: dream man anything's possible
1: uh next we go into uh, another favorite of mine that hasn't been played recently and uh it's my favorite song up this record and it's the end of the line
2: oh Death yeah Magnetic.
1: I Watch like the, the end song of the line. I think that song very much is encapsulates a lot of different eras of Metallica in the one song it's got the groove it's got the fast verse it's got the the catchy chorus it's got it a sure slow does heart you know it's even got a bit at the beginning for you know the the crowd going hey hey hey," you know
2: very true jeff winslow we had that a couple weeks ago
3: yeah yeah i feel like that's a it's another one of those kind of sleeper songs you know where it's like when they were doing the magnetic tour obviously it was a very popular song because it was the second song in the set you know every night but now that it doesn't get played anymore, it's kind of like one of those songs that, you know...
2: Oh, if that came back right now, it'd be huge.
3: Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'd love to see that song come back. Totally
2: pumped. That is our second end of the line in uh 12 weeks. I oh, love cool. it, especially in the right. second slot like they used to do it.
1: Yep. Yeah. No, exactly. It's a great second song. Perfect. Uh, next up is a song they started to do the back half of the World Wired tour, but it's always one of my favorites and, and always overlooked as one of the like heavy songs. Is uh, the God That Failed?
2: Nice, great you know, third song.
1: Great third song. Great. I like, uh, always that you know. I always like how that third, second, third, fourth spot they always have that heavy song. You know, and I think God That Failed is just a great one. And I'm glad it made a resurgence last couple of years because for a long time it had been, you know, on the rare bit.
3: I'd rather hear that for the heavy uh, black album slot than Sad But True.
1: <laughs> Absolutely, I agree. Uh, we're staying with that record, though, for the next song, and um, struggle with the, it. No, it's the Unforgiven.
3: <laughs> Ooh, slot four. Don't get fucking scared.
1: <laughs> exactly. Wash that mic off. Um, hey man, you better wash that mic off. Um,
2: Unforgiven one in the four it, slot.
1: It's it's their it, it is their best ballad by far, I think. Um, and it's a wow. it,
2: powerful statement,
3: Mister Wright.
1: Wow! It is it I is raised
3: good. my eyebrows to that one. Nah. I mean, I mean, it's a cool. great song. It's a great song.
1: Yeah, and uh, I I just love the song, and you know, it's funny it came back in the set list after being gone. I mean, for after the Blackout and tour, it was banished long,
2: for long time, years. long time.
1: So I'm happy it's back. It's just a great song, and. But the real reason it's there though <laughs> is so we can go into The Unforgiven 2 immediately after. I like Uh-oh, your Oh, I'm
2: I, seeing a trend here. I
1: like yeah,
3: I like I, your style.
1: Um Unforgiven 2 is another great one. Uh, I'd love to hear them do it now with kind of how The World Wired post-World Wired sound sounds like,
3: you mm-hmm. know? mm mm-hmm. Mhm.
1: Instead of doing it in the reload kind of sound, like they you know, they they sound a little more metal these days than they did back in those days.
2: I want to see him bring the B bender telecaster out and play it.
1: There you go. I wanna see Kirk nail the beginning part of it. Correct. Anyways. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Unlike, Unlike that certain up. award show.
1: Exactly. did it right the rest of the time and they brought it back but uh but then we go into the unforgiven three i mean big surprise
2: trilogy
1: you got to do the trilogy you don't if you're going to sequelize your songs isn't this like the end goal of that isn't that what you're like if you're going to put numbers on the end of them doesn't that mean you're going to play them in a row at some point
2: this is our second trilogy of the season if i Memory serves me right. Yep, I was. I think it's it is not a
1: crazy one. idea. I'm saving my crazy ideas for the end of the show. That's um, pretty
2: crazy, man. Four, five, and six. We got the trilogy. That's huge.
1: Yeah. Um, I have to time... ask you:
2: Is there a intro tape for Unforgiven three or a grand piano in the round?
1: Hmm, that's a good question. Um, you would probably do the tape because I I don't. There might. There, there I presume there'd be an instrument switch of some kind. Yeah, you
3: gotta go tape. You
1: know. Okay. Had but you could do something but lately when their tape intros they've been doing more creative things with them. Mm-hmm. So they would maybe compose a little piece or do something different with the segue piece.
2: I thought since yeah. you're a big Guns N' Roses fan, Axel would just appear and play the intro.
1: Well no, we get Elton John. Come on.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Somebody else said Elton John. Remember that, Jeff?
3: Uh yes, I uh, Kind of. I don't know. I do my memory's all over the place. <laughs> I'm trying to think who that was.
2: Someone said Elton John. Was that Adam D'Souza? Episode one from Massachusetts. Boy, here comes some hate train
3: mail. Yeah, no, now that you say that, I think I think you're right. Because now it's... Very well could be.
2: Yep, yep. I'll have to look back, but I think it was Adam.
1: You just named my next song, by the way. The next song is actually hate train. Wow. On my list. Wow.
2: <laughs> Beyond magnetic. We... Wow, that is cool.
1: That is very cool. Um, that's my favorite of those those four songs. Um, I like to call it "Fuel Magnetic" because that song kind of feels like fuel, but in a death magnetic style. The lyrics are a little goofy, but but I love that song. I, hey,
2: that's why it didn't make the record because all the lyrics on those songs are a little bit off.
1: You, you've heard the demos for the for demo magnetic the lyrics and all those are goofy anyways
2: exactly <laughs> Don't that
1: be- water man
2: <laughs> that beyond magnetic ep jeff i love but you can tell those are the four that weren't polished and kind of had some alternate lyrics and time ran out and they probably said fuck it
1: yeah no that's no doubt what happened but that yeah. i i still think three of those songs on beyond magnetic are better than the worst two songs on death magnetic
2: Ooh, interesting
1: yeah, I I will take three of those over Judas Kiss and Suicide and Redemption.
2: Wow. Yeah,
3: Jeff Winslow,
2: your thoughts?
1: I would take.
2: That's interesting.
3: Man, Judas Kiss. I don't. There that that song. I realize uh, throughout doing like these Dream No More set lists and song that should not be and just you know in general, I feel like there is like a really like. 50-50 split between people with with that song. It's either you love it or you hate it. There is no like, oh, I mean it's it's an all right song. It's no, it's either like, yeah, love the song or no, nope, fuck that song. I feel like I would take Helen back over My Apocalypse on on Death Magnetic, but that that would I had,
2: I had a hunch you were going to say that. Yeah,
3: that'd be about it for me. But I mean Anybody who's listened to the show already knows how I feel about Apocalypse, so I'm not even going to go there. But again, I don't hate okay. the song. I just don't think it's the best. That's all. That's all.
2: Can you put Just a Bullet Away on Death Magnetic anywhere?
3: And I, I, you could put it on there, yes, but not with... A, it, I wouldn't replace any song on that record with Just a Bullet Away. I don't even think I would replace... Not Apocalypse? I don't even think I would replace Apocalypse with that song, no. I like that song, but I... I feel like for me personally Helen Back is about the only song that I would want to see on that record. Can
2: can I go out on a limb here and speak my opinion? Yes, you can. Get Rid of Judas insert bullet.
3: That's tough because I like Judas. I always have liked that song. So,
1: man,
2: Jeff Wright, do you agree with me?
1: No, I don't. Um <laughs> <laughs> I'm the one of the people. I I don't hate Judas Kiss. I think it's got really good parts and kind of. I don't.
2: Parts. I don't hate it, but I just it. It doesn't mesh with me. It's not smooth. It doesn't flow. It doesn't groove.
3: I'll give you the flow part. There is a weird. It's very cut
2: up. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Badass lyrics, but it's it's really cut up.
3: It is. I'll agree with you on that one
2: that's like a copy paste scissors kind of song where it's like, Oh, you took this riff and put it with that drum beat. And that's, you know, those riffs were made five years apart, did not groove with me.
1: And, uh, for the three I would put on there, uh, bullet away is the one that stays, stays away. I I do not.
2: Oh, uh, stays away.
1: That does not, uh, that's not one of my favorites. Um, great riff. I don't like I don't like the drums in that song. I really don't like the lyrics in that song. Um,
2: with a forty-five, no, <laughs>
1: no.
2: Like I said, alternate lyrics.
1: Right? Maybe maybe that would help. But even even the drum beat and that, something in the, the something in whatever Lars is playing through a majority of that song doesn't sit right with the riff to me. You know, I'm not a musician, so I'm just speaking in layman's terms. But it just it never feels right. You know.
3: I'm saying it feels fucking stock.
2: <laughs> exactly. It's funny how, how many, many
1: games in that, going, can you just play like a normal beat? Yeah. Like normal beat? <laughs> I'm used you know, to the drummer regular pl- beat?
2: Yeah, I used to the drummer playing, you know. <laughs> well you don't like when I say it, but you know, a little bit more, you know, regular.
3: <laughs>
2: Jeff Wendell, I love when we get on the magnetic album we always derail
3: magnetic is a very into the
2: second half of that record those songs on that second half there's so many opinions about them it's just one of those things we never thought we'd chat about that much right all right mr right so just so we're clear unforgiven three goes into hate train Mm -hmm. and then we derailed into death magnetic are we missing something there or there's no magnetic song
1: this train just keeps derailing because now okay we're gonna go back and do the house that Jack built.
0: Alright. Oh
2: yes. I love it. I like that.
1: I love that song. It um, I've always loved that song. I know I completely understand it's them doing an Allison Chains thing, but I think it's so great. The talk box is amazing. James's performance on that song is first rate. I gotta check the I,
2: scoreboard here. We have not had the house that Jack built in twelve weeks. Love it.
1: Yeah, I I, I just think that's one of those like underappreciated and under-talked about songs. I love that song of pieces.
2: Simple song, very powerful lyrics. That's why I love it.
1: Yeah, and a big building. yeah. I love it. Yeah. All right. A little bit of normalcy, at least, maybe. Uh, Next is uh, Leper Messiah. (laughs) Um, That's normal? Just to show the kids it's still a metal show. And uh, there's, you know, Still mosh and
2: stuff. Uh, still
0: mosh.
1: Le- Uh Leper was always, you know, one of my white whales. Growing up a Metallica fan, and it wasn't played very much. And I'm, I've lucked out and seen it a couple of times now. And Same here. Just, just in terms of, you know, it, it's got that, it's got kind of that swing a little bit. So it's also got that big thrash. It's so goddamn good and aggressive.
2: Love it. Still powerful live.
1: Yep, still works. Uh, after that, though, we're, we're going back again, and this—I this know—is a fan, a big fan want—is uh, Fixer,
2: along with you know? half of our season.
1: Yeah, I'm sure. I, that one, I know. I'm like, this is, yeah, this is one for the, you know, the kids, as they say.
2: It's for the kids.
1: <laughs> it's for the kids. I—I yeah. um, I don't know what else I can say about that song. You know, everybody, it—it's it, great. I don't even really know how well it would translate live, to be honest with you. You know, I. I think I, all I, of
2: I, us diehards would lose our shit, and the other oh. half of the arena would be like, "Uh, is it intermission time? What's going on here?"
1: I I would put that number far higher than half, but yes, <laughs> diehards would be, be losing our shit. It'd be amazing, and and beer sales would be up for the rest of the people.
2: <laughs> that's the piss song.
1: That's, it, that's my sad but true. By the way, is my piss song.
2: Is your know. piss song?
1: It, usually, yeah. It's, Piss one, song's yeah. been
2: a popular topic lately, too. I love it.
3: <laughs> we should just play the song Piss by Pantera during that segment.
2: We could call it the Piss Christ.
3: <laughs> What's your Piss Christ
2: song? Wearing the crucifix in the jar of urine hoodie for sale by Supreme for $499.
3: Yeah, that's
1: ridiculous.
2: Someday, bud. Alright, Mr. Right Song 11.
1: Song 11 is uh, Shoot Me Again. Yes. St. Anger with them. They've never played that song. I love that song. I love. I, I, we talked a little bit about that support. I love St. Anger. but Yeah,
2: there's um, a reason they haven't played it. This must be a Jeff cool. thing. It's too heavy. It's too
3: good. <laughs> it, shoot Me Again for a dream set list. Wow. I'll tell you what. I'm buying tickets for this show
1: good just for just Um, for
3: that song alone
1: (laughs) the other reason for shoot me it's funny because that song i i think a lot that that song's a concept song about metallica with napster you know how the whole album is a concept album about metallica you know
2: maybe phil toll wrote those lyrics
1: i don't think he wrote shoot me again invisible kid maybe
2: (laughs) invisible sweater (laughs)
3: visible post-it note. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Bob loves the post-it notes.
1: Zone it. Yeah, zone. All right.
2: <laughs> Shoot me again. That is also hasn't been said this season.
1: See, you got, you, you have to go into that fear. That's where the genius is. Man. <laughs> into that
2: fear. When you approach that fear.
1: <laughs> All right. After this, uh, Staying in the '90s or going back to the '90s, I should say. Uh, Double dance.
2: Nice. I was just going to bring that up with uh, House that Jack built. They have that yep. kind of number three sludgy slot. Yep. Love it, man.
1: Yep. Great song. Um,
2: Shit, you got to hear it at Berkeley too.
1: Uh, they did at Berkeley. I actually the fir- I saw them do it on the Load Tour at the Forum here in LA. They that's the rare. Pulled it out. Yeah.
2: That's and rare. Yeah. On the Cunning Stunt stage.
1: Yes. Yeah.
2: I remember seeing footage of it, like Devils and like Shortest Straw. on That tour was very rare.
1: Yeah, it's, well, we didn't get Straw, but we got Devil Dance, and that, it was it was awesome.
2: That's huge. Love that song.
1: Yeah, and and again, it's just one. I, how many times has Rob played that song? Like twice, maybe.
2: It'd be a good thing to look up. I have no idea.
1: But like maybe it's, it can't be more than it can't be more than five times. I, I, but I think a handful it go,
2: of times. Yeah. There's really good footage of it. I think they played it at uh, uh, Rock'em Ring.
1: Yeah, I think they did it for one of the Metallica Mondays. It was one of the shows where he played it, I think. Sounds but, familiar. But uh, Anytime
2: I look up Devils live, it's always that Rock'em Ring footage that's really
3: solid.
1: Yeah. After that, uh, Trapped Under Ice. <laughs>
3: Shane's kryptonite song that he's just been chasing for for years
1: your white whale it's your white whale
2: that's my whale, well there uh, mr Wright. multiple uh shows too many to admit and i still have yet to hear it live
1: yeah i uh i saw that at anaheim which another one of your previous listeners was at anaheim don't
2: tell me you've seen it more than once
1: no i've only seen it that one time
2: okay or else i was just
1: gonna but delete this funny backstory with that is... he's
3: gonna turn his camera off delete that
1: I won the meet and greet to meet the band about a week before that Anaheim show when I saw them in Vegas, and I meet them in Vegas. And actually, my, my meeting with Lars in, in line there is on the Met on Tour video, because I asked Lars about the set list.
2: Cool. What date is this? I'll look it up.
1: Uh, whatever the Vegas date was for 2009. It was like 12... Okay, magnetic. December, December, first week of December 2009 or something. 2009, maybe. Um. But, uh, I and I'd known, I'd, you know, i have been following that on tour, so I'd seen what they had played, and I'm like, oh, they've been pulling out Short of Straw and Trapped Under Ice. And uh, meet Lars. Lars asks, where are you from? You know, he's such a gracious host. And the said, usual. Oh, I'm in L.A., I'll see the show. I've seen you guys at that point you know, 20x number of times. Um, oh, man, you guys should do uh, Trapped Under Ice and Short of Straw. You know, I'm, I'm in my head, I'm like, I have to take the shot. You know, when am I? Like, I
2: so you told him. You told both.
1: He writes the set list. I got to shoot the shot, you know? And he goes, he well, which one do you want to hear? And I'm like, both? Great answer. <laughs> and, he, and he shoots me a look. And I think I mentioned, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to see you guys next week in Anaheim or whatever. And then that night in Vegas, they didn't play either of them. But it, when in Anaheim, they did play both of them. So I'm like, well, maybe maybe wow. I gave him the idea. Maybe I sent that germ of an idea <laughs> Lars.
2: Trapped in straw in one show—that's that's badass.
1: Uh, the other thing I had him sign was the Cliff Amal laser disc, which
2: <laughs> laser disc.
1: Where they were very impressed? They hadn't seen that in a while, and uh, Lars, thats how we got on the set list. Lars was reading the back of Cliff and and he's like Metal Militia, you know? Nah, 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 we should. And I, I told him, I'm like, you should do that set list. <laughs> he's like, he's like, you got to check with the singer about Metal Militia.
2: The Cliff of Mall set list, that's a great way of putting it. That's cool. That's a good show idea, Jeff.
3: That is a good idea.
1: Am I Evil" is the second song, though. That's the only, that's the only weird thing. And I, I mentioned that to Lars. He's like reading we it. We could like, make that happen. Am I Evil? And I'm like...
2: We could make that happen.
1: Am I Evil? And I'm like, it's a little early for Am I Evil. And Lars turns to the camera and goes, this guy knows his shit. And I'm like, I, I was made... I was like... <laughs> <laughs> you know, in gangster movies, when you become a made man, I felt like I became a made man that day. You know. Thank you.
0: Travel safe? Thank you. I'll see you Thank soon. You, R7. Good to meet you. Sure. What part of the world are you from? L.A. 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 Laser disc, yes. Laser a laser <laughs> <laughs> That's what Kurt said, the yes. very cool, not a very
1: cool I think you should play this set
0: list tonight. Start with conversation? Yeah, it's yeah, a new set Give me the intention. All right, and then into creeping death, then conversation. Then Am I it? evil that early might be a little strange, wow. but, you yeah.
2: know.
0: You know what's going on.
1: Speaking of <laughs> which, Metal militia. Yeah, that, 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 that's got to oh, make fun. When the singer comes out, you ask him about oh. <laughs> metal
0: militia. <laughs> I <laughs> you guys just
1: played Shortest Straw making an appearance tonight? I haven't gotten that far, I just got here. I'd like to put a wow. vote in for Shortest Straw. You'd as like as to start. put a vote in for Shortest Straw. i a strong well. vote for Shortest Straw. Okay. And
3: if you any, have room. Any,
0: any suggestions? You, you
3: guys played Commando
1: last time you were here, so...
3: That's kinda... Oh, commando. We did? <laughs> <laughs> Even they don't remember. He
0: said Commando. Trapped address would be alright. <laughs> um, Okay, trapped under ice. That would be alright. Or shortest straw. Yeah. Which I would, one do. Mmm, shortest straw. But I would take either.
1: I take either. When you've seen when you've seen 23 times, uh, you see Metallica twenty three times. Mostly in L. A. Mostly in L. A. But I've seen you here on the New Year's Eve show. Saw so you at sm so I'm, yeah, all over the place. Thank
0: you. Which was the best show?
1: The best show, uh, Fillmore Night one.
0: Fillmore Night one. And yeah. who was opening that night? Cay. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so is shortest straw next after trapped or no?
1: No, it is not. Shortest okay. straw does not appear on my list here. So after trapped, um, we're going to play a cover. We're going to play astronomy.
2: Yes. Ooh, same as last week.
1: Yes. Oh,
2: Mr. Shara from the twenty-one thousand dollars Zoom call that yep. was almost in the same slut. Th- same slut. <laughs> the same slut. It was like five from the end.
1: Yep. Great song. I, you know, uh, again, nobody talks about that one. Everyone, you know, seems to talk about Merciful fate or Whiskey in the Jar. Right. It's, it's electric for some reason.
3: Whiskey in the Jar. I, I feel like I need to cue up a Pizzle tape for that. Just a. Yeah. Is that your song that should not be, Joe? No, I don't. You know, no. It's it's not that I have anything against that song. I just feel like maybe it's maybe I have a partial disliking for the fact that for the last eight and a half nine years that we've been touring the world, that song just gets brought up all the freaking time, and it's just a lot. It, like right. literally all the time. Like oh, and it's always why didn't you play whiskey in the jarro? Like.
2: Because we played Escape, fucker.
3: Right, and it's always just, oh, I'm so sick of hearing it. <laughs> right.
1: Maybe that should be, maybe there should be like a nightmare set list, right? You should Ooh. do like if there's a dream set list, do a nightmare set list. That's a good idea.
3: <laughs> That's a really good idea.
2: Frantic, St. Anger, Some Kind of Monster, Invisible Kid, Dirty Window, My World. Is that the track listing?
1: <laughs> Some of those might appear.
2: <laughs> I'm just kidding. You might be surprised when Jeff and I reveal our Dream No More setlist. There might be some sane anger on mine. There might not be. We'll see.
3: There might be some sane anger on mine. There might be. <laughs> I have a hunch there's some on yours, sir. Yeah. I have a hunch that the background
2: artwork of your setlist is the fucking Red Fist, Jeff.
3: I mean, if I could print out our setlist with the Red Fist on it, I, I would definitely do it. See, I'm
2: on to something. I know you well. I've only known you a decade.
3: Oh, man. Makes me feel old, now.
2: By the way, happy birthday.
3: Thank you. I mean, yeah, thank you. It yest- was yest- yesterday? Yesterday, yep.
2: You turned 14?
3: Uh, 15, actually.
2: Congratulations. You got your permit. Yeah,
3: yeah, it's cool.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and you celebrated today with tornado warnings and hail damage on your car.
3: Yeah, no, luckily no hail damage, but yeah. Interesting, interesting way to bounce back from oh this isn't leather. so bad
2: they should be able to buff this out
3: yeah <laughs> just get some glue sticks you know and melt it to there and just pop it out yourself <laughs> like i saw it on all right, facebook. mr right sorry for th- what's that i saw it on facebook it must be it must be true it must work oh it's got
2: to be real i saw it on the internet this is all reality right <laughs> sorry mr Wright. we took a hard uh left turn there what's after astronomy good sir
1: well, real quick, if you're going to do like the fist thing on the uh, on the set list, you mm-hmm. got to make sure to do the multicolored ones. You have to do the variants, right? You know.
2: <laughs> oh, that's right—the purple and the uh, the yeah. green and the what was the other one? Orange.
1: Something. Anyways, you should do that uh- <laughs> <laughs> for four uh, different nights. It's abstract.
2: Uh, okay, clear
1: enough. Uh, all right, back to this nonsense. All right, my next song is not nonsense. It's no remorse. Um, which I always nice. feel like is, I always get very happy when this makes the set list, and I always feel it gets a little bit of a short shrift when people talk about Kill 'Em All songs that should be played. You know, it's always totally Flash Horsemen, and I'm like, more should belong in that group. honestly I agree with you a hundred percent. Yes,
2: especially his banter before that, before he when he goes, no, and the crowd goes, yes, no, yes. I always love that banter built
0: into that. <laughs> so, you want some old stuff? <laughs> what if I said no? No! No!
1: real left turn here I mean like a real left turn as in uh, the band leaves the stage and they put out like some rugs and some acoustic guitars because uh, we're doing
2: I like that detail
1: we're doing the acoustic cover of Brothers in Arms oh wow wow that's definitely
2: a first and probably a no that wasn't a left turn that was like you just (laughs) crashed into an iceberg
1: uh no actually because this song I love their version of this song I I I love the way James sings it. Uh, it's sort of maximum of Hetfield. <laughs>
2: That's a great song, man. I'm uh, glad you picked that. That's cool.
1: Kirk Kirk plays a real nice solo on it, and it's and again, it's just something that I don't feel like it's once it's a song. Again, I feel like I like that song way more than consensus. Most people don't even know about it.
2: Dude, know? I love that you picked that. Especially when you said the rugs and the uh, probably some wooden stools came out for it.
1: Yeah.
0: Did and did Jeff Winslow's
2: guys... favorite uh, 12-string Purple Sparkle LTD.
0: Uh... <laughs>
1: <laughs> did you guys see them on the reload days when they did the acoustic set?
2: I saw them in Milwaukee. It was like July of
1: 98. Yeah. Yeah. That did not go over too well. That was kind of a big like, head-scratching moment in the show, I seem to recall, when I saw that show here in California.
2: You know, from what I remember of it, it was weird because those were all outdoor shed summer shows where the beer was flying all day long and it was 100 degrees. And when you slow that energy down, it kind of, I agree with you, it kind of took away, especially when they played three songs.
1: Yeah, it was three songs. And if if I remember right, it was like right after Fight Fire with Fire or
2: something. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Mm
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, Acoustic Motor, Low Man's Lyric, Last Caress, it was... I mean, it was looking back now, it was really cool. But at the time, I was like, dude, you just got done playing, you know, four thrashers in a row, and now you're bringing out the rugs. Whoa. All
1: right, uh, moving on. We got two more songs, and they're both covers. Well, technically, it's more than two because the first one's a medley. It's the Ronnie Rising. Oh,
3: dude, that is so great. And it's funny. It's really funny that. Oh, my
1: God, that's great. I
3: love the fact that you say that because again shane and i we have not revealed our set list we wrote them before the season started and we have not changed them it's funny you say I have that no idea what you have on yours dude. it's funny you say that because it's it's not on my set list but i actually almost put that medley on there because i was like dude there is some really wow. great stuff in here
1: it's and it really it should be it's more than so cool. the richie blackmore rising Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. it is
0: the right you know,
1: yeah okay. yep but i i love that thing the pieces and uh I, I i remember when that came out like i listened to that so so much It, it just so good it made me want it, it made me want them to go back and cover the, i mean they, they do all of kill the king but the other two songs like go back and cover the rest of the songs yep. you know you're making this sound so good
2: that medley's got so much groove in it it's just it's so smooth yeah very underrated
1: very underrated Um, And then my final song, and this is a, we're going to close with another cover. Um, It's a cover, my favorite cover of this era of the band. It's uh, Killing Time.
3: Wow. Closing the show out with Killing Time. I like it. Yeah. I I like
0: it.
1: Yeah. Um, Love Kirk's leads in this. Um, Just
0: short, short. Sound of gunfire. Yeah.
2: Dude, that is. That is strong there, Mr. Right. That's I know I say this every week, but this is probably, Jeff, would you agree, probably the most creative one yet?
3: It's definitely the most out of, you know, left field set list for sure. Yeah, it's
2: Every week's been great and every week's had its rarities, but the uh This
3: is definitely the rarest set list we've had, without a doubt.
2: I'd say it's a it's a it's a tie with somebody else, but when you open up with Dyer's and close with Killing Time, anything's possible. That's,
3: yeah, exactly. I love this one.
2: Hate, Hate Train, Shoot Me Again, uh,
3: <laughs> wow. There's some bangers awesome. in there for sure, though.
2: There's some huge bangers. I don't think we've inv- we haven't even had no remorse yet. No, I don't think we have. I'm impressed, Mister. Right? This is gonna look cool on paper. A very good one.
1: Yeah. It, it was. It sounded good when I was asleep. <laughs> yeah.
2: I will. Uh, I will forward this to Lars's email as soon as we hang up, and I'm sure we'll see this in in the summer of 21.
3: Yeah. So you know, we have them on speed dial. We've decided that hey, you know, at the end of this season, Metallic is going to do an APFA tour, and each date is going to be one of our guest set lists. Absolutely.
1: <laughs> I'm sure they're going to take the time to relearn the play. Practically all these, songs. yeah, the whole set list.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Unforgiven trilogy, right into Hate Train. Good luck, boys.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
3: Opening with dyers. Good luck. <laughs>
2: yeah, no kidding. Insert oxygen tank around the guy that failed, and we'll be. Uh, we might make it to song. <laughs> Third
3: song.
1: <laughs> yeah. Sponsored by a defibrillator <laughs> <company. laughs> like company. <laughs>
2: that'd be that that'd be the way to go. Well, uh, I don't even, dude. I'm like speechless after that. Those last three songs caught me so off guard, Mr. Wright, it's crazy.
1: No, I like you know part in of it,
2: arms, Ronnie rising, killing
1: time. Yeah, I love it. God,
2: that's gonna look good on paper.
1: Let me I'll put it this way. You know, whenever you go to and this isn't the metallic it's any concert for any artist or any band you're interested, for me like part of the part of the, one of the biggest thrills is the unknown. Like you don't know what's coming next. That moment when one song ends, that pause before the next one kicks in where like anything is possible that is that that's one of the big one of the things i enjoy most about seeing live music and uh i don't know just anytime i can think about those things and try to like recreate that or try to make something like what what would really what would really throw people for a loop here you know
2: well it's the re- it's the reaction of that you know jeff and i give you when you say the song when you say killing time we both go wow when you say astronomy
3: it's like oh awesome unbelievable you know it's that exact reaction that makes it fun we look at each other and be like, "Hey, train? Are you fucking kidding me right now? Amazing. Yep. <laughs> we usually feel like the more rare it is and the more unlikely it is that they would play it, the more excited yeah. we seem to get. Oh, shoot me against
2: playing, Time to go get a $65 t-shirt. <laughs> right, $65. <laughs>
3: You're not, not far off there, bud.
2: Jeff, what are you feeling? Some jump in the fire trivia? Some uh, name that low man spoken lyric? Or uh, Are you going to draw the shortest straw and name that tune?
3: Do the trivia. Do the, tri- tri- the trivia. The trivia. It is.
2: We haven't had trivia in a couple weeks because we're talking so much. After all, this is a podcast. This is a
3: podcast, but you know what? I think we got time to to jump in the fire real quick.
2: Jeff, are you right in Los Angeles? Is that your address, or is it like some fancy place like Pasadena or Malibu?
1: No, I'm we're I am technically in Los Angeles, but just like a western extreme of it. So. Oh,
2: so like the Kobe Bryant Memorial Hill.
1: Uh, Yeah, Kobe pretty much flew right over my house.
2: Gotcha. Okay. Season 3, episode 12. Mr. Jeff Wright, Los Angeles. Jumping in the fire. Question one. What song has been played the most live in their entire career?
1: You can destroy it.
2: Good guess. I actually had to look these up.
1: If it's not that, I... I I can give you a second guess, but... We'll we'll
2: take a second guess. Puppets? You are correct.
1: Yeah.
2: I was going with Seek 2, thinking just, you know, timeline, how many times, and I was also going with Creeping Death, but I think Puppets was above Creep by like a hundred times or so. Wow. Jeff Winslow, what song has been played the least by Metallica in their Uh, career?
3: Astronomy, Fixer... And the list goes on and on and on.
2: (laughs) Have they played Shoot Me Again?
3: Not live, just in the... I think just in that St. Anger rehearsal DVD.
2: Just in the rehearsal. And in our guest dream. Right. Question two, sir. What is track eight on Master of Puppets?
1: Uh, That's Dire Z. I mean, sorry, Damage Incorporated. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Dyer's even the brain.
2: For a split second, can we insert the family feud wrong answer buzzer?
3: Or the Homer Simpson, don't! go.
2: Question three. By the way, uh, I'll say this in two minutes. Just Let's get through this. Master of Puppets was produced by who? Uh,
1: Fleming Rasmussen. By whom?
2: <laughs> Nicely done, man. You even pronounced it correctly. That's bonus points. The picture, uh, question four, the picture on the back cover of Master Puppets of them on the couch was taken where?
1: That's the Metalla Mansion on, on Carlson Boulevard or whatever in El Cerrito, California. Do you
2: know the address? I am impressed.
1: No, but I've walked outside of it. It's right next to a BART station and a gas station.
2: Yes, it is. 31, 32. Are we seeing a trend here, gentlemen, with what era these questions are coming from? These are leftover questions from, oh, two weeks ago with the 35th anniversary?
3: That's a, you know.
2: Jeff, you got our leftovers.
3: The recycled. (laughs) Recyclables. Recycled.
2: Since since last week, we had to talk about a Zoom call for so long, we never got to these. You are 4 for 4, man. Very impressed. Question 5. That wraps up Jump in the Fire from Los Angeles. On the majority of the Puppets tour, what song opened up the show for the majority of the time?
1: That's a read.
2: Damn.
3: 5 for 5.
2: 5 for 5.
3: With a bonus point.
2: So he's 5.5 5 out of 5. Is that possible?
3: Can it go higher than number 5?
2: Can a trivia section go higher than... One hundred and fifteen percent, Jeff. I'm impressed. Very nicely done. No wonder you wanted Trivium over uh, name that
1: tune. Every man's got his nose. Li- Every man's got to know his limitations, right? You know?
3: <laughs> he answered that almost as quick as he fired back with "I versus Escape." After all that, what else is there to talk about?
1: Well, I mean, I'm always curious to pick the brains a little bit of fellow Metallica fans about just where we feel the current state of the band is and what we're looking forward to in the near future.
2: That's an excellent question. You should start a podcast or be like a metal director of a radio show.
1: (laughs) You know what I should? You you sound like my wife who tells me all the time, you need to do the, I actually did do a metal podcast some years ago too. You need to get back and do that again. But, But yeah, I just, I'm curious to know, I just like hearing people's thoughts about where, where things are at and where we think they're going.
3: They'll definitely put out another record. They'll do another tour. Beyond that, I honestly don't know. I think maybe, with high hopes, I'm feeling maybe they'll put out two more records and then maybe just pull in ACDC and just tour. You know what I mean? But I definitely don't think that they're even close to being done. They they seem pretty, pretty confident that they're moving forward i think that james you know from what we know and what's been released it seems like he's you know starting to get things back together in the way they used to be and hopefully you know they they can just keep moving forward it seems like there's been a lot of rumors and chit chat about uh, a new album during this whole kind of quarantine time so it'd be interesting to see what actually comes about of that because we all know Lars will say oh yep we're working on a new record and then 24 years later here comes the record (laughs)
0: literally
3: (laughs) I mean I don't want to say that Metallica is like Chinese democracy but I mean like come on I'd like a record more than every six years (laughs) I think they're in a pretty good state right now and I and I feel like the the Stephen Colbert performances were a prime example. Now I, everybody says like, oh yeah, you know they were playing battery a little bit slower, this and that. But you know I think it's, I think it's good that they played it tight and sounded good rather than like, all right, let's go out and just like play, fast yeah, let's loose. play as fast as we can and potentially, you know, I mean, let's face it, they're not in their twenties anymore, not saying they can't still play that stuff, but they're not, you know, young kids anymore. You know, I think they, they have shown that they have a lot of steam and a lot of power. So there's, they're not going anywhere anytime soon. How what do you, you, I've got something to say. say. I've got something to say. I agree with most of what you said.
2: As a diehard fan, I hope that... A lot of people are going to take this the wrong way. I hope this next studio record that I believe they're working on, I hope that's their last one. And I want it to be as solid as Hardwired and tour on that for a couple years. And then I want a proper, no-bullshit, long farewell tour done the right way and walk away on yeah
3: i i i can see where you're coming from i know we've briefly talked about this out on the road before and we've had that discussion of like is it going to be one album is it two albums this and that but i definitely can agree with what you're saying as far as like don't take it as far as
2: they're going to be 60 soon.
3: This is true, and it's like don't take it as far to the point where you're going to, I don't want to say embarrass yourself, but just not put out the best product that you can put out.
2: If Hardwired wasn't as amazing as and successful as it was, there's a part of me that thought Hardwired might be the last record and then go do a three-, four-year, thank you, goodnight kind of tour. But since I think they all... I think they all got really pumped and and kind of found some new blood with Hardwired. That it made the tour successful, even though it got cut short with you know James's stuff and and COVID and all this. But
3: they can't they can't end on they got another good record. They in can't them. end on Hardwired considering the little amount of contribution from Kirk. <laughs> I don't think he wants to end their album career with that album not to say he didn't play some good stuff on there but let's face it he we know he didn't put in as much on that album and i don't i don't see him wanting to end it at that
2: he just got to find that iphone with all those riffs on it dude
3: yeah right (laughs) (laughs) you know if they didn't spend six years to put out an album they could put out two more records they put out they put out two more records in the next four or five years that's totally doable and it's like you know they have enough material to do it.
2: Yeah, I'm not worried about material. I'm just worried about longevity, energy, and the, the want to tour when you're in your yeah, 60s. Yeah, this is very true. Mr. Wright, your thoughts?
1: Um, Great question, well, by the way. No, thank, thank you. Um, it's a good wrap-up. I am optimistic, but I, I don't think anything beyond one more record is a realistic expectation uh, Fair enough. at this point. Um, and the big conflict I see going forward with the band and, and I think especially internally is I think the extended success and the extended tour of Hardwired is, I think it contributes a lot to why James Hetfield went into rehab. I don't think, I'm not sure he can go on tour for extended periods of time. And I think the the new way they were doing it on the hardwired tour where they had where all of a sudden they were playing less dates which i think was good for everyone's health and i think i think the band sounded better but Mm -hmm. i think those days off in between when you're not at home with nothing to do you know idle hands whatever you know i don't i don't know anything for a fact it just seems to me logic logically speaking that i can see where you would you could run into trouble that way if you have troubles with addictions and things like that absolutely and i just i just wonder if going forward the big push pull is okay we're gonna put this record lars and everyone and lars and the the business of metallica says we need to go on and play the maximum number of dates we can which you know by the hardwired rules is like what a hundred for the year or something a little less yeah so maybe it was less than that i think but you know and james is gonna say hold off I can't, I, I can't do that. I want to do that, but I can't do that. So we're, we may see touring in concentrated bursts where the, Hey, we're going to, and they tried to do this with the hardwired tour where they would play like two months in a continent. And then it'd take like a month off two months of the continent month off sort of thing. But even that I think might be too much at this point. And that where that's the part where I don't, I really don't have a, a clear vision of what is going to happen or how that's going to play out. But I feel like that's the big thing that needs to be sorted out because obviously for the business of the band, the touring aspect is such, it pays for all the stuff, right. you know, it pays for the, for the, all their employees. It pays for all this other stuff, you know, No, Everything. You, you definitely,
3: you have a point there. And you know, when, you know, you, you both, say that it makes sense you know one record i feel like i say two and that's just high hopes and obviously i think the the reality of it is exactly what you guys said it's probably going to be you know one more record and you know we'll see what happens after that but i think that is definitely the reality of it i just feel like you know there's obviously that fan in me that's like man i just i want as much as i can get but you know yeah yeah, absolutely for sure
1: yeah, I've been I've been saying that since you know since the Black album. Right. Like, why aren't you guys back in studio writing again? Why aren't you you know Why aren't you putting another record you know? And it's just it's not what they do at this stage it's of their career. career. And then it's true for so many other artists. You think about like other bands when they're younger and living together in a tour bus or something and living the same life. Right. Yeah, they can put out an album every other yep. year. It's not a big deal. But every then when six you get months, the money,
2: look at Seven Dust.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you get some money and now everyone's kind of living in different parts of the city and you've got a family and other stuff going on and you don't need to work necessarily. Well, yeah,
3: especially Uh, them, they don't need to work.
1: (laughs) Yeah. But that's when all of a sudden then getting together and writing is a lot harder because like you're living different lives, you know, and then finding common ground, you grow apart, yada, yada. But I, I think hoping for the band to work more quickly at this point seems futile. It's like and they work out how, 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 at the speed they work.
2: <laughs> and on that farewell tour, they're going to open with Dyer's Eve, close with Killing Time, Kirk's going to be playing the Wavecaster, and Lars is playing the Puppets Chrome drum kit, and that's that. Speaking of the Wavecaster that we all love, Jeff Winslow. Yes, sir. I would love to tell all our fans the picture we were sent yesterday but I got a text five minutes after I sent in that picture that said, please do not share this.
3: So, yeah, let's just, we'll keep it under wrap. Oh. <laughs> we can't say nothing now.
2: As much as we've talked about it, I just, I think all we can say is the wave caster is being modified, and I think we're going to see that pretty soon. That might even been too much. Dun, dun, dun. Enter the Judge Judy courtroom. Metallica versus Shane Overshaw. What would you call uh, that? Spilling the beans too early lawsuit?
3: Yeah, yeah, pretty much.
2: I'll leave it at that. I just think after Kirk's post a couple weeks ago with it and the picture we were sent, it's going to make a return. Just have a hunch.
3: I'm waiting, man.
2: Maybe he'll play that on Killing Time at the uh, Spreckles Theater in San Diego that Jeff Wright just dreamed about
1: one can hope <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's only a dream Jeff dude thanks again for coming on the show we appreciate it
3: no it's, it's been, been a great, great conversation
1: yeah no you guys have been great uh, it's always always fun to chat with uh, real fans and uh, go deep and you know say I like Metallica's cover of brothers in arms and have people who actually know what I'm talking right? about <laughs> instead of like
0: <laughs>
1: staring blankly uh, at me
2: dude is so <laughs> solid Jeff if you ever um need some silly podcast hosts on your next metal director show at a college radio station, you know who to call
1: <laughs> at this point. it will be my kid's college radio show that I'm invading, but yeah, pretty much. <laughs>
2: Perfect. We'll make it happen. And if that antenna reaches more than 30 feet, we'll reach maybe 40 people. And that's, that's the sign of making it right.
1: Absolutely. Perfect. Well, actually isn't the sign of making it having, having like 50, 50 women to men race, you know, <laughs> 50% <laughs> as as chicks
2: 30, in the house, man. Yeah.
1: Yep, that's the
0: sign of making it. Looks like 50-50. That's the sign of making it. There's 50 fucking percent chicks out in the house.
2: I love it. There you go, everyone. Season 3, Episode 12, Mr. Jeff Wright from Los Angeles and Podcast for All. Go to iTunes, leave us a review. If you want to come on the show on podcastforall at gmail.com, even if you want to send a little bit of hate train email, we're always up for that. Mr. Jeff Winslow, do you have anything else?
3: Nope, I I think that's a wrap.
2: That's a wrap. Mr. Wright, see you soon. And Jeff, I will see you next week with a special guest on deck. Yes, sir. All right, man. Jeff, take care. Keep in touch. And maybe I'll see you in Ontario soon.
0: Yeah, thanks,
3: fellas. Thanks again, Jeff. We'll see ya.
2: Rock and roll.
0: I don't